Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a great praise offering this morning. You may be seated. That first scripture, Romans 8:37, we are more than what? More than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. But I want you to understand this morning that uh, that is God's plan. Uh, and will for all of his children. Did everybody get that? That is God's will and God's plan for every, that we be more than conquerors. But uh, let me also make sure that you understand this. Uh, we cannot possibly win in life. We cannot. doesn't matter how much education you have, how much money or if you're healthy today, or whatever you have going for you, uh, we cannot possibly win in this life because it's not an even playing field. Did everybody get that? It's not an even playing field. The odds are stacked against you. So you can't possibly win in this life unless, I like that word, unless, everybody say unless, unless we use the uh, spiritual weapons are made available to us. Did everybody get that? So the odds are stacked up against you. It's not an even playing field. Uh, it's everything's against you, and you can't possibly win in this life. No matter what you are, what you have done, what your past is, what your present condition is, you can't possibly win because uh, uh, everything's against you, the odds are against you for you to win unless uh, we use the spiritual weapons given to us by God. Can you say amen? The world system, uh, if uh, not, the, not the natural world, but the system of this world is under the God of this age. Everybody understand that. So the reason uh, uh, we cannot win in this life is because uh, everything's stacked up against us. But the, the Bible gives us insight and it he, and he reveals to us what we have been made or what God has made available to us. Now, if we'll go real quickly uh, to Ephesians chapter 6. All of you remember this scripture, verse, uh, starting with verse 10. And he says, finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord. Somebody say strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. Didn't say anything about you being strong in your, in your strength. Some people say, well, I, I, Pastor, I don't feel strong. I feel weak. Well, God never meant for you to be strong in your own strength. And then he says, put on the, how much of the armor? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now I want you to notice verse 12 because this will give you insight into this life that we're living. And he said, for we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. In other words, your, uh, your warfare and your fight is not against people. Right? It's not. Uh, if you think that, then uh, uh, the devil have you running in circles. Everything that we have coming against this nation, uh, coming against uh, places like Venezuela and many other countries that are in the brink of disaster, they're already a disaster. 
but uh, it's not just uh, Maduro or Chavez or these people. It's demonic powers. Can you say amen? This is why you must pray at all times because the same power that is trying to destroy a country is the same power uh, that is trying to destroy your family. Everybody understand that? So the, uh, the same power that is trying to destroy Israel and if you find, if you hear of anybody or organization that is against Israel, don't worry, they'll come against the church eventually. And any power that is coming against the church is coming against Israel, and eventually will come against you and your family. You understand that? So uh, when you hear people espousing this ridiculous things, you know, Israel, the Jews, anti-Semitic, uh, uh, junk and anything that comes against our government or against our president and against our constitution eventually it'll come against you and it's to destroy you destroy your family destroy everybody okay now the Bible says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against what principalities powers against rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places now it's very important that you understand verse 12 again. So Paul describes the structure. Somebody say the structure. The structure of the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness, uh, whether we be organized or not, most people are not organized. You know, uh, the average Joe is not organized. He gets up and he don't know what he's doing. But the kingdom of darkness is not that way. They are organized. Are you hearing me? And they have long-range plans. They're patient. And they'll do everything. If they don't do it this year, they'll do it next year or five years from now. They will destroy your life. And the structure of the kingdom uh, from the bottom up is this. Uh, principalities. These are the 101 demons. Okay? Uh, principalities. And then there's powers. And then there's rulers of darkness of this world. Which means that those are the big demons that are over nations. There's a devil that has been assigned to the United States in every nation of the world. Uh, and that devil runs the other demons. But there are higher demons. All right. And these are demons in the heavenly realm. And you must understand that before we go to Revelation 12, 11. Does everybody understand that? So these are, this is the structure of the kingdom of darkness. Whether you be organized or not, they are. They're very organized. It's a structure, a well-organized army against the kingdom of God, okay? So uh, uh, everything's against us unless we learn to use spiritual weapons. This is why, and God's not just taking up space here. Now, people read this, ah, oh, well, you know, it just says that. You know, isn't that nice? No, it's not just nice. It's for you to use, right? Now, look at verse 13. He says, wherefore, take unto you one more time. Must be important. He said, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. When the, sun, when the, uh, when the dust settles, you're standing. Raise your hand and say, I'm going to stand. Come on, raise both of your hands and say, I'm going to stand. That's it. Praise God, because you're going to put on the whole armor of God. And then he says, stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, uh, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. These are the armor of God. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of what? The shield of faith, 
whereby you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And I want to, everybody look up here. I want to make sure that you understand that there's arrows already flying your way. They're, they're already coming. There are people that hate you, hate the, uh, what you stand for. Arrows are flying. But uh, if you have the armor of God, it'll take care of those arrows, and they'll boomerang and go right back to that person. Can you say amen? That's why it's so important when you get up in the morning that you start praying. And, and if you don't, uh, I guarantee you, how in the world are you going to make it in a day? Eventually, uh, they will, these forces will overcome you because you're not fighting against flesh and blood. You're not fighting against people. Uh, these demonic powers. When we talk about socialism here in America, I want to tell you it's not one little, little girl from New York, right? Or these other crazy people. There's demonic power. Look in their eyes. There's demon powers. Talking about freebies for everybody. Isn't that nice? Get everything free. Well, it's not free. There's no free lunches. Somebody's got to pay for it, right? That's right. So uh, I want to tell you that uh, there's demonic powers against, uh, against uh, uh, you and against this country and against Israel and against everything that God stands for. Does everybody understand that? So uh, let's continue to read. And he said, take the helmet of salvation and the sword. Now look at this. He said, take it. Take the sword. Somebody say, take the sword. In other words, it's not going to be handed to you. See, uh, God expects you to grow up. He don't want you to be a baby. You say, well, God opened the Bible for me. He's not going to do that. He said, uh, give it to me. Uh, bring it to me like this a wife of mine brings me my coffee in the morning. No, she's not, he's not going to do that. You must take the word of God. You must take the sword, strap it on you, right? And learn to be skilled in the sword because there's forces out there that are against you. Now, I'm, I'm 71 next year. I mean, not next year, uh, next week, 71. And I want to tell you in my little short life, I can tell you what works and what does not work. And this will work. Can you say amen? Okay, now, he says this. And he says, praying uh, only on Sunday. Verse uh, 17, uh, 18. Did it say that? No, he says, praying always. Somebody say, praying always. With all prayer and supplication of the Spirit. And watching unto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That is the whole armor of God. Can you say amen? Now to uh, confirm that, because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3, 4, and 5, and Paul once again says, for, we, uh, for though we walk in the what? In the flesh. Look at it. We do not war after the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, if you want to come against crazy people, uh, uh, and just debate with them and argue with them, you're not going to get anywhere, even though you may win the argument. Uh, you understand that. But ultimately, you're not winning. The weapons of all warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down. Somebody say casting down. Imaginations and every high thing that exalts against the, key, uh, the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Can you say amen? And having in readiness. Now look at verse 6. 
to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, when you become obedient and you're obedient to God, then you can move on this. Then the, uh, the armor of God's going to work for you. If you're not in complete obedience, then the devil shuts you down. Everybody understand that? So now let's go to uh, Revelation 12, 11. And for we, so we can get this, let's stand up and let's say it one more time out loud. Uh, say it with all, your, uh, with all your might. And they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Say it one more time. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. Praise God. You may be seated. Now, before uh, I explain this, and I'll try to go quickly. I can't cover all the verses because of our time is limited. But it's very, very important that you understand this. How many of you know that the central figure of the Bible... The central figure of the universe, the central figure of life is Jesus, the Son of the living God. Can you say amen? Everything uh, go, uh, leads to him. Everything is, is about Jesus because he's, uh, he is the Savior and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you say amen? He's been crowned. So because he is the central figure uh, of the Bible, uh, the personality, the, the personality of the whole universe, uh, the central personality, and because he is Jesus the Messiah, uh, the whole Bible is about him. When you read the Bible, you'll find Jesus in some way or other in every book of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. So the Old Testament, let me break down the, the whole Bible for you real quickly. The Bible is broken down into four parts. Number one, the Old Testament is preparation. Preparation for what? For the Messiah, uh, because he's the central figure of the, of the universe and of the Bible. The Old Testament, when you read it from Genesis to Malachi, uh, it is the preparation. Somebody say preparation. The Gospels, the four Gospels, is the manifestation of the Messiah, okay? The book of Acts is the preaching of the Messiah. Somebody say the preaching of the Messiah. And then the letters, which are Romans to Revelation, and that finishes the whole Bible. The letters from Romans to Revelation, these are the letters to the church, are the explanation. It explains to you. You can say in the Old Testament, you'll never get the whole truth about the, uh, the Bible because you won't find it until you start reading uh, uh, the letters written to the church. Can you say amen? So let's go to first, uh, since he's a central figure, let's go to 1 Corinthians 5, 7. And in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, uh, we see a, a scripture that is very, very powerful. He says, uh, therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, now listen real carefully, our what? Our Passover was sacrificed for us. Jesus is our Passover. Somebody say, he is our Passover lamb. Wow. Uh, he, he, uh, bec uh, he was sacrificed for us. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, when we go to Revelation 12, 11, let me begin to ex explain to you because this will be very important for our lives. What does it mean uh, to use the blood of Jesus? 
Well, in Revelation 12, 11, because this is one of the most powerful weapons available to the Christians, and it is the blood of Jesus. Somebody say the blood of Jesus. So powerful. We must learn to use the blood of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is our Passover. Somebody say he's our Passover. That's it. So what we find in the Old Testament are just uh, are shadows. They are types and shadows of the real thing. The real thing is not explained until you get into the letters written to the churches, the full revelation of what God is trying to do for this world. Can you say amen? So in Revelation 12, 11, uh, listen to what I'm going to tell you now. This is a future event. Now, if you've not read the book of Revelation, I would urge you to read that, okay? Very, very powerful, very important, but it's future. But what we find in Revelation 12, 11 is a present application or an application, uh, something that we can apply in our life right now. It is for our present life. Do you understand that? Even though it is a future event. Now, who, who declared Revelation 12, 11 is an angel, but you know angels are not independent of God. God has himself declared this. And he said, and they overcame him. That's wonderful news. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. That's God's declaration, appraisal of the end-time children of God. We are the end-time children of God. All right? That we overcome. We are more than... Conquers. Raise your hand and say, we are more than conquerors. Praise God. Hallelujah. So this passage, listen real carefully, describes how the people of God on earth obtained that victory. Okay? Now, is the world crazy today? It's crazy. It's very crazy. I mean, it's crazy like you've never seen. But I want to tell you that it's going to get more crazy. It's going to get really crazy. And if you don't believe it, read Revelation chapter 12 because uh, it is a letter of Jesus to the church. And if you'll read what Jesus said in Matthew 24, Luke 21, uh, Mark 13, uh, uh, and all these uh, prophetic uh, uh, scriptures about the end times, Jesus said it would become like the days of Noah in the last days. It would become like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? It's gonna, it's, if it's terrible today... Uh, uh, you better buckle up, put on the whole armor of God, suit up, because it's going to get worse. And the devil's main objective is to come for you and for your family. And you got to believe that. But how, however, we have the most powerful weapons uh, that will give us the edge uh, in this world. Can you say amen? We have the edge uh, and we can overcome Anything that the devil has because uh, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Can you say amen? And God made sure that we, his people would have the edge and that we would, uh, we would have uh, all the weapons to put us over in this life. But we have to use the weapons. So this passage, Revelation 12, 11, uh, describes how the people of God on earth obtained that victory. Do, you, do everybody understand that? Okay, uh, now what does this statement mean now? Okay, uh, it is, a, it is a, uh, a, a personal testimony. Now you, you've got to get this. It is a personal testimony, not your neighbor's testimony. 
not the pastor. It is your personal testimony. Everybody's got to have a personal testimony. It is a personal testimony to what the Word says the blood uh, of Jesus will do for you. Did everybody get that? It is your personal testimony directed of the devil. You've got to understand this, that the, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus is saying that they overcame him, overcame the devil uh, by, the, uh, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So this is a testimony, your personal testimony, that you direct at the kingdom of darkness every day. You have to understand that. It is your personal testimony directed at the devil in the kingdom of darkness uh, uh, to what the Word says. Somebody say, to what the Word says. Uh, what the blood does for you. So this is how to overcome the devil is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And in this scripture, there you find three words that are very important. It is the word blood. It is the word uh, a word and the word testimony. Very important three words uh, in this one scripture. But to make it effective, somebody say to make it effective, you must make it personal. You must make it personal in your life, all right? Uh, so it is directed toward the enemy. Uh, we come face to face to him, and we tell him what the word says, what the blood of, uh, of Jesus does for us. Do you understand that? So the only way to overcome these forces, and there's forces. See, there's forces against this country uh, every day. There's forces against you. You say, well, I don't see them. You don't have to see them. Uh, it's an invisible world, and it's more real than this world here, but they're coming against you. They're coming against your money. They're coming against your health. They're coming against your family, against your children. They're coming against your mind. They're coming against this country to try to destroy it, all right? And they've already destroyed a lot of nations. Look at Venezuela. They don't even have electricity now. They're starving. These people are eating rotten food every day, rotten meat. You say, who did that? Well, the devil did that. But he used some clowns, and the people believed them. Can you say amen? And, and because they did not have the full armor of God. So in order for us to overcome the enemy, we must know what the Word says. Hello? Because this is your testimony to the devil, uh, what the Word says the blood will do for you. Does everybody get that? That's it. It is your personal testimony to your own, your own fight to uh, what the Word says the blood will do for you. Because they overcame him. How? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You see, it is God's appraisal of God's people in these last days that we're living. He said they overcame him. You cannot overcome in this world. You wake up in the morning, you try to do it without the armor of God, it won't be long, a week, a month, a year. Uh, then it's all over for you and all over for your family. So uh, we have to understand that the Word is very, very important. So as long as you remain ignorant of the Word of God, ultimately you're going to become a victim and, and uh, a prey to the enemy. He's like a roaring lion. That's what the Bible describe, describes him by Peter. First, uh, First Peter 5, what is it, 5, 6. He walks around like a roaring lion. Why? Why does he walk around? Because he's coming for you. You've got to realize that, you see? Uh, so the great weapon of our attack 
is the sword of the Spirit. Do we take the sword of the Spirit? You have to. What do you say in uh, Ephesians chapter 6? Uh, no, chapter 6, he said, take. Somebody say, take. That's right, it's not going to be given to you. You got to take it. You got to crack that book open. You got to understand it's a manual. You got to know it, man, right? Just like a lawyer, he has to understand in whatever field of law he's in, he's got to know that law. So you have to be a lawyer too. You got to understand the, the book of law. Can you say amen? Uh, you have to understand this manual. You have to understand it, learn how to use it. Uh, use that sword every day. Otherwise, you're not going nowhere. Does everybody understand that? So in this verse, let's go to uh, uh, Revelation 12, 11 again. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Now notice the, uh, the people, notice real carefully now, the type of people that are going to overcome. All right? In, in the last phrase of that verse, it says, uh, let's go to it. And they did not love their lives to the death. God is describing a type of people that are able to use these weapons and they will overcome no matter how dark the world is or how crazy it is. I'm going to tell you, it's going to get crazy. It's going to be a bunch of crazy people. Crazy, man. Crazy. They're crazy. He said, why are they crazy? A demon possessed. And they don't even know it. There's demons that are controlling these people. You don't see the demons, but they're perched on them. So if we want to get anything done in this world, you better suit up, put on the whole armor of God, and come against them. Does everybody understand that? You, uh, we have to instill that in our children and raise them up to be warriors. So God is talking about a type of people in the last days. What is this type of people? One word describes them, committed. They're committed people. In other words, uh, this phrase, they love not their lives to death, means staying alive is not their number one priority. Their number one priority is to be faithful and to do the will of God. In other words, these people say, if we live, we live. If we die, we die. But I want to tell you, devil, that I'm going to be faithful to God. You're not going to get me into sin. Does everybody say, understand that? I'm going to be faithful to God, and I'm going to do the will of God. Now, when you get to that place, when you wake up in the morning, that's the, you're the person that the devil fears. He said, oh, no, he got up this morning. Oh, no, keep him asleep, right? Keep him asleep. But the rest of them, the devil don't care about. They're, they come to church and the devil don't care about because they're not committed. They don't have no weapons. They don't know anything. The devil says, go ahead and get up. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you today. You're nothing. So the number one priority for these people is to do the will of God, whether they stay alive or not. Can you say amen? Staying alive is not the most important thing for them. It is to be faithful and to do the will of God. These are the people. Now, the Bible describes us as soldiers. Right? Now, most people read and say, soldiers of the cross. They don't even understand what that means. Now, if you've been in the army, uh, you know what a soldier is. Because when you start, uh, when you're inducted, they don't give you a little certificate and say, well, uh, we're going to, this is a little certificate for you. Uh, uh, you, we guarantee that you will not give your life for this country. No, every day they tell you, you might have to give your life 
You're a soldier now of the United States Army. Everybody understand that? They told us that over and over and over. And we said, you might have to give your life. And you as a Christian said, I don't want to give my life. Well, you're still not committed. You're not committed yet. You can't overcome the devil. But when the devil knows you're committed, he said, live or die, I'm going to do the will of God. Live or die, I'm going to be faithful to God every day of my life. Then the devil is afraid of you, and and now you're going to overcome his kingdom. Can you say amen? And you put the bloodline, and he can't cross it. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a great praise offering for that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, to understand this, remember, Jesus is our what? He's our Passover. Say, he's our Passover. That's it. He's our Passover. We say, well, what does that mean? Well, we have to go to the Old Testament. Let's go to uh, Exodus chapter 12. And uh, now we'll get to understand why Jesus is our Passover and what Revelation 12, 11, uh, really means. And in Exodus chapter 12, this is the Passover, Passover chapter. Uh, while Israel was, Israel was still in Egypt, then Moses called for all the elders of Israel, verse 21, and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop. Uh, it's a common plant. And dip it in the blood. Somebody say, dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and two side posts of the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out at the door uh, door of his house until the morning and the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the pa- uh, uh, upon the lintel and upon the two side posts the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your house to smite you does everybody get that Praise God. So the Passover means this. When you hear the word Passover, it means that the Lord's going to pass over. And uh, there's a destroyer uh, that passed over, uh, 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 over Egypt. And the destroyer wasn't looking for He said, oh, you're an Israeli? <laughs> oh, I can't touch you. Oh, you're an Egyptian? I can't touch you. No, he was just looking for the blood. That's all the destroyer was looking for. Israeli or Egyptian, the only thing the destroyer was looking for that night was the blood. If there is no blood, then uh, you're a dead person. The firstborn of all of Egypt and of all of Israel would have died that night. But thank God that they, they took the blood and, and the instructions were... Uh, you put the blood on the lintel, the, the top part of the door, and on, on the sides of the door, not on the, not on the threshold because you can't walk over the blood. Can you say amen? It must not be trampled in any way. Uh, you must put it on the door frame. And the instructions was the father had to do that. You know why we have delinquent children today? It's a mess. Because of delinquent fathers. There's no such thing as delinquent children. Is delinquent father. Look at our schools. They're jungles. They're jungles. So what's wrong with these kids, man? They're crazy. Yeah, they're going to get more crazy. But uh, it's no, nothing wrong with them kids. It's, it's the delinquent fathers. But Israel, if you look at the Israeli families, the Orthodox Jewish family in the Old Testament, the father had to be the covering for the family. And the father had to sacrifice the lamb. 
And the father had to protect the family. And he had to take a, a lamb that was appropriate for the family. Family was 10, get a bigger lamb. A smaller family, get a smaller lamb. But it had to be sacrificed. And the blood had to be caught where? In a basin. Not one drop of blood uh, was to be, was to drop on the ground. They had to collect the blood in a basin. They cut the lamb. Have you ever, we lived, our culture, uh, with my family, we ate lamb all the time. That's it, we ate lamb. It was lamb, 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 okay? Uh, and did you ever see any la uh, lamb sacrificed or, or, or killed? Yes, it's very, very sad. A lamb doesn't say anything, doesn't scream, doesn't holler. Just cut their throat. They hang them up and cut their throat, then the blood comes out, then you collect all the blood in the basin. So they collected all, this was instruction, collect all the blood in the basin. Uh, and then uh, they were to take hyssop, which is a very common plant in, in that part of the world. Uh, they should take that hyssop and wet the hyssop, that plant, in the, in the blood that was in the basin. And they, and they would have to sprinkle it, somebody say sprinkle it, sprinkle it on the door frame. However, everybody understands this. There is no protection. Though the lamb was sacrificed, the blood is in a basin. There is no protection unless it's applied. Right? No protection. No protection. As long as it's in the basin, there's no protection. You've got to apply it. So anybody that might have just taken the, killed the, uh, the lamb uh, and collected the blood, it's all the blood is, is there. It's all collected. But they'll never work for you unless it is applied. And it did not work for the children of Israel unless it was applied. When they applied it, the destroyer could not cross that bloodline. Do you understand that? So the whole destiny, listen to me now, the entire destiny of Israel uh, depended on getting the blood from the basin. Somebody say from the basin to the doorframe. That their whole destiny depended on that. You've got to get the blood applied. Now, what does that mean to us? Well, Jesus is our Passover lamb. Right? Israel had literal blood. We don't have literal blood. We have the death of Christ. And the devil knows that. Jesus sacrificed once and for all. We don't have to offer sacrifice anymore. He's already offered once and forever. But we as Christians, we have to also apply it. And if it's not applied, then you're dead meat. Does everybody understand that? You're dead. So uh, Jesus is the Passover lamb. Passover lamb. And the Bible says uh, that Christ has been slain for us. Uh, does everybody, did everybody get that? The blood has been, has been slain. Christ has been slain. And you say, that's it. Jesus died. Yeah, but uh, in other words, he's still in the basin for you. He sacrificed. He shed his blood. But unless you apply it, you still have the blood in the basin. God's 
uh, instructions for Israel. He said, sacrifice the lamb, collect the blood in a basin, take hyssop, and wet that hyssop with the blood and apply it. If you don't apply it, the destroyer will destroy your family tonight. Everybody understand that? So we have been given powerful weapons. The most powerful weapon is the blood of the lamb. And how do we apply this? How does it work for us? All right, how does it work? And then I'm going to give you some scriptures because uh, it works this way. They overcame him. How? How did they overcome him? You got to know this scripture. Your life depends on it. You got to have it memorized. And they overcame him. Somebody say, by the blood of the lamb. Say it loud. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. I'm giving you something because it don't matter how crazy the world gets, we're going to be more than uh, conquerors. We're going to be more than conquerors. Come on, lift up your hand and say, we're going to be more than conquerors. I don't care how crazy the world is. We got weapons to, uh, to put us over. We have the edge in this world. Can you say amen? That's it. And I've been through all kinds of junk seeing the world for my last 71 years. Listen, I've overcome. And I plan to overcome until I'm maybe 120. Praise God. Can you say amen? And strong too, not sick. And not going to the doctor, none of that junk. Because he's given us wisdom to uh, make, make ourselves healthy. Can you say amen? And walk in health. And if you're walking in health, you don't need to be healed. Because you're already walking in health, praise the Lord. So, uh, uh, what, what are we to do? Well, this is, what, this is the way we apply it. We must testify. This is what Revelation 12, 11 says. We must testify personally. It's your personal testimony to the devil and to that obstacle in your life. You testify to that wall, that mountain. You testify. That's a personal testimony. What the Word says. Hello? What the Word says, the blood does for you. Well, Pastor, I don't know the Word. You're dead on arrival. You better get with it before it gets darker. I don't know the Word. I don't know the Bible. Well, God's not going to open it up for you. You better get with it. He already gave you a book, 66 books. And this is not just a religious book. It's a manual that you have to use in your daily life and God's plan for your life. Can you say amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So we, we apply it. How? Every time you testify and you open your lips. The, the devil's ob objective is to keep your mouth shut, to keep your lips sealed. Hello? And he has a seal for that, but he wants you to open your mouth with all the negative stuff. All the junk, all the weird stuff. He wants you to say all that. I'm sick. I'm dying. I'm not going to make it. I'm depressed. It's getting worse. He wants you to say all these things. But you see our testimony. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. We have to tell the devil, uh, uh, this is my personal testimony, devil. This is what the word says the blood will do for me. Praise God. And when you do that, guess what? You took the blood from the basin. And you applied it to the doorframe of your house and the doorframe of your life. 
and you're a protected man, you get up with, uh, with boldness every day and say, devil, you better get out of the way. I'm coming through here. You can't overcome the blood. If you overcome the blood, you can overcome me, but you ain't going to overcome me because uh, I know what the blood does. And I'm going to give you uh, two scriptures here because I'm running out of time. I wish I had more time, but I don't. So let's go to a couple of what the blood does for you. Ephesians 1, 7. Notice what the blood of Jesus does. You can find these in the letters. In whom we have redemption. Through what? You don't get redemption just going to a church. My dad gave me this religion. So what? In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. To the, according to the riches of his grace. So our testimony... Our testimony, the applied blood is this, devil, I've been redeemed by the blood. I've been bought. Hallelujah. I don't belong to myself. I belong to God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And not only has he bought me, but he has forgiven me of all my sins. Come on, let's give the Lord a great praise offering for that. Hallelujah. In conjunction with this scripture is Psalms 107 verse 2. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord keep their mouth shut. Huh? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You got to say it. And if you don't say it, it's not applied. I hope for wishful thinking. I hope it changes. It's not going to change for you. It's not. Let's go to, uh, I want to finish. I'll just give you this one. I'm not going to give you the other verses, but I'll give you this scripture, and I'll, uh, it, it says a lot for us this morning. Hebrews 13, 12, and I'll finish with this. And he says, therefore Jesus also, that he might, what? Sanctify. Somebody say sanctify. The people with his own blood suffered outside the gate. And that word sanctify means to make holy, to make pure, but it also means this. Everybody look up here. It also means this, to set apart. To set apart. In other words, uh, you're set apart for God. That means that you're not in the devil's territory. Hello. Praise God. We're in this world, but not of this world. You see, our testimony is this. Devil, I'm sanctified. I'm not in your territory. Uh, what God, uh, God told Moses, this. Listen real carefully. Uh, let's see if I have the scriptures. Yeah, uh, Exodus eleven seven, and I'll finish with this. Uh, God told Moses, and Moses told Israel, but against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue. He said, nothing, not even the dogs will say anything, will be able to say anything against you when you're leaving Egypt against man or beast that you may know that the Lord makes a what? A difference between the Egyptians and Israel. So God says, because of the blood, there is a, uh, I put a difference between you and the Egyptians. And all these plagues are going to affect you. Now, all of you know that when the plagues came against Egypt, it was blood first. The water turned to blood. Then there was frogs. Then there was lice. Imagine lice all over your hair, lice all over your rear end, lice all over your clothes, lice everywhere. 
And then there was flies, and then there was a plague on the livestock. Then there was boils. They came on all the people, face all over their skull, all over their bodies. And then there was hail that destroyed everything. Then the locusts, and there was darkness, and then the death of the firstborn. But God said, my blood will make a difference. Because you're sanctified, uh, you're not in the devil's territory anymore. Can you say amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. See, the redemptive, there's a redemptive difference uh, uh, between us and the world. The world's going to get it, man. There's coming on them. You think we've seen anything uh, yet? Nothing. We have not seen nothing to what's coming in the world in the future. But I won't tell you that we've been sanctified. We've been set apart. Can you say amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a great praise offering. Praise God. We've been set apart, and whatever comes cannot come to my house because I got the blood. And if you don't have the blood in your life on the doorframe of your life, the devil can traffic and come to you. You say, well, I'm a good little Christian. Well, it may be. I believe that Jesus was sacrificed. Yeah, he was. And he shed his blood, yes. But that blood is in the basin. It's, it's up to you now to take that blood and apply it. And the only way you can apply that blood is that you, it comes out of your mouth. Your testimony. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And then they're committed. And they love not their lives to the death. Can you say amen? You say, well, I don't know if I want to get to that place where I live or die. I want to serve and be faithful to God. Well, if, it, if you're not at that place, it will not work for you. Everybody understand that? That's right. Just like a soldier. soldier ain't worth five cents. And the Marines are in the army. If they're not willing to give their life to death, you don't want that type of soldier uh, uh, trying to cover you, all right? Because he's going to try to save his skin, and he don't care if you get killed. No, we need people and soldiers, live or die, I'm going to serve God and be faithful to God. I don't care what they do. I know that the devil can't overcome my life. You say amen. When you get to that place of commitment, your whole life is going to change. If you believe that, let's stand up and let's pray.